passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. As the weekend has arrived on a Friday afternoon, Mike Griffith was with us two hours ago, and uh, a lot of of stories are being written about what he said here. I'll just try to encapsulate them. He essentially said Georgia fans uh, and people at Georgia cannot wait for October to go to Texas to play Texas. Far more important, he said, than that September 28th game against Alabama, uh, a team that has beaten George uh, Kirby Smart uh, five out of six times, twice, or maybe three times, costing them a a national shot at a national championship, including in December. He called Alabama a second-tier team and essentially said, and he didn't essentially, he did say that Kalen DeBoer is a two- to three-year coach, and he believes that Nick's – I'll try to say this with a straight face – that Nick Saban will return at the end of that tenure at 75 or whatever he is uh, to replace DeBoer and resurrect the Alabama program. That was the first hour of the show. Let's get back to the calls. And – And talk to Jace in Augusta, Georgia. Hello, Jace. Hey, Paul. Thanks for my call. Thank you. First, first of all, um, um, what's the what's the guy's name from uh, uh, John from uh, Missouri? Yeah, he's got to be the most boring guy. You 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 accept his calls every day. I mean, he he really doesn't have a a, a salient point. Um, that he makes. Well, 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 Jace, I disagree. Uh, if uh, 1951 was your favorite year on, uh, of all time, then you can relate to what he's talking <laughs> I about. Wasn't, I wasn't alive in 1951. Yeah, not, not many of us were, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that was before uh, before television. Uh, that was the the end of the you know, the be, be, beginning of the Korean War. Communism was a concern of many many people. Not that it isn't today. Uh, right. Elvis had not yet been discovered. At the back, on the back of a um, truck in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, I, I got and uh, I got a, and John was living in his good life back then. I got another point. Um, if you could bring, can you bring Georgia's schedule up for next year? We could find it. Yes. We're um, efforting. I just want first game is against just, Clemson. Um, I think we beat Clemson. Uh, I, I, um, okay, I, here's the schedule: Clemson. I, I, Tennessee Tech, September 14th is at Kentucky, open date at Alabama. Auburn at home, Mississippi State at home, at Texas on the 19th, another open date, Florida, at Ole Miss, Tennessee, UMass, and Georgia Tech. So what do you, what do you think our record will be next year? I mean, what uh, right do you now think? I would say 11-1 regular season. I think, I think the one loss that, 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 that we probably – probably would take would be at Ole Miss. Could be. Uh, I mean, I think yeah, Texas I mean, and Ole Miss are probably the two toughest games. Right. Yeah, um, that, that's what I think. Um, 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 you know, and I'm not discounting Alabama, well, you know, not but, at all. But, but again, re- realistically, but, that is an easier game than at Texas or at Ole Miss. Right. Right. Well, thank all you right, so thank- much for the call. Squirrel is up next. Uh, hey, Squirrel. It's funny uh, that you mentioned 1951 because 
ironically, that was the year Jim was actually born. So, uh, like you said, not many people were around in 51. I came around in December of 58 myself. But um, uh, your last caller had an excellent point about John from St. Louis. When John would only call in once in a while, he, he was literally one of my top five callers. And now that he feels compelled to call in every day and sometimes multiple times per day, I mean, I can't hardly listen to him no more. He's so, the guy hit nailed it. He's dull. He's boring. Uh, it's like water cooler talk or something. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He, he really fell down the ladder in my opinion. But um, the past few days, and it's really been a lot of political talk. You've been like a meet the press or something. I've kind of been impressed, you know, and it's been fascinating to listen to. I hadn't wanted to jump in too much, and uh, I'm surprised your number one leg humper. Dictate, didn't take the opportunity to, to jump in with a Trump commercial during the past day or two. But we'll save that for another day. There's been a lot of people that are kind of concerned about the bracket. Have you noticed that lately? Yeah. Well, it's, I, I think, and by the way, the bracket will not be out for a couple of weeks. We're just giving you, uh, this Saturday, I think the NCAA yeah. committee will give a projection. We're just mirroring that right now. Squirrel, legend. By the way, there is no way Dwayne will remain. Jane or Dwayne or J.K. Well, are going to remain number one seeds. You touched on it right there, and I say I don't even watch it on TV. I, I don't even know that I'm the number one that you're saying I was one of one seeds. But the thing, the main thing about the bracket is you nailed. You, you touched on it. Is the bracket is constantly changing, so you you can't even get upset with it today because it's going to be you know like you say weeks before it comes out. It is subject to change in a moment's notice, uh, as it has in the past, if you recall. So a lot of these people just need to calm down and relax. And another rule of thumb about the bracket is you don't bring up the bracket. You don't ask to be in the bracket. You don't politic for the bracket. No. That's the worst thing you do. That's the way you do not get votes. You know, it's like uh, there's this old saying about – yeah, we're we're about to we're a couple of weeks away from uh, the Masters, and I, I once remember being over there and talking to a member and said that the one way, the best way to never get in Augusta is to ask to be included, to, is to ask to be <laughs> invited. You you don't do it, and that makes sense, and that's the way it is about the bracket. So right. people need to can it. And and lastly, a gentleman brought up uh, to, to a shout out to me about the aluminum bat and Jim. Right. When Jim and, and great minds think alike, because the, the moment Jim uttered that story, I knew it was a complete lie. And I just filed away. I filed that away in the lies that he said over the air over the years. And uh, but yeah, bad, aluminum bats didn't come around until 74. He dropped out of high school in the late 60s. And I doubt Alabama was asking him to come play baseball for him uh, when aluminum bats came out. Thanks for taking my call. Aloha. Thanks, Coral. Appreciate it very much. Again, again, I promise you, and I guarantee you, Paul, God is my witness. That guy has lied again, totally lied. He's a sticking, low-life, bigger liar. This guy is really a bigger liar than Griffith. Griffith does it about once or twice a year. This fool, this idiot, damn idiot, fool, liar, hater of Jim, don't hate Jim because you ain't him. You ain't got my talent. You ain't got my ability. You can't talk as good as I can, and you you shouldn't even be on the damn show, you fool, you ignorant lying fool. I mean, Paul, I've never, I'm going to admit, I hate that, I hate that son of a, you know what, I hate his gut because he's a, he's a fool. He's got me on, he's, all he can do is talk about me. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. 
Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jim. Daryl is up next in Baton Rouge. How are you, Daryl? Hey, Paul. How you making out, man? Doing, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing great. Just a, it's a holiday weekend. Everybody's feeling good, relaxed, and, and you're on the air. Hey, you know, I think a barber's a fine, honorable profession, Paul. I really and do. And I confuse. See, Daryl used to call us from the barber shop. He call, used to call us about the barber shop. Daryl used to go to this barber shop in Baton Rouge, and he got mad one day because they took uh, they took our show off and put on whatever in the world they put on. And soccer. What they put on? Soccer. Soccer. Oh yeah, that's an important deal. So we called. Uh, what's that guy's name again? Tr. Tr. We called Tr live on the air, and he and now he is. And then Daryl called in the other day, and I must admit, uh, had one of those moments. And I, I confused Daryl. I knew Daryl, Baton Rouge, barbershop. So I said, now you're a barber, right? And obviously he's not. He was an engineer. Safety engineer. Safety. I owned Sorry. responsible safety staffing. And when I right? retired, my son took over. So it's been a good profession, you know? Well, that's a great profession. And, and by the way, uh, being a barber, uh, I mean, barbers know it all. I mean, what, what does a barber not hear on the course of a morning and afternoon at the barber shop. Oh, you got to be a special person. You got to be a psychiatrist. Yeah. Everybody comes in the barber shop and tells them everything going on with their life. You ever notice that? Yeah. One of our one of our makeup artists uh, used to work at a beauty shop in a small town. And same thing. Women go in there, and what do women do when they go to the beauty shop? They talk. Most of it is about. Men. And themselves. Uh, well, yeah, well, that comes with the territory. I mean, you're at a beauty shop. Why wouldn't you be talking about yourself? There you go. Uh, now, men, I don't think, now, men don't go to a barbershop, though, and talk about women, though. They talk about sports, don't they? Yes, mostly. How and whatever they got going on medically or going on in their life business-wise and stuff like that, but mostly sports. Yeah, mostly uh, how much they – either sports or how great a high school football player they were. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Or even yeah, yeah, politics. Yeah, I saw that game Saturday at Tiger Stadium when I was a quarterback at uh, – at, at Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge East, man, uh, I, I knew what I was doing. 1958. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Leather helmets. Down, Paul. How often you go to the barber shop, Paul? Uh, I go once a year. They just just to trim on the sides. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. But when you were in college, you had long hair, huh? Oh, yeah. No, I, was, uh, I looked like uh, John Lennon's little brother. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think old Griff must be hanging out with Bash and smoking the pipe. Paul. Yeah, no, Gr Griff, uh, Griff's a troublemaker. Now, he was eight. Now, now in, in fairness to Griff, uh, he was, he was, he's a, he's a, he was a 82nd Airborne, wasn't he? And uh, those are the parachuters, right? <laughs> I think he... Right. Not, not, not diminishing his service to our country with a, an elite group, but I think, I think once or twice that parachute came out late. <laughs> <laughs> he landed head 
on the ground. He could have. Yeah. Hey, Daryl, thanks so much. Always great to talk to you. We're up against a break. It's been a busy show. Griff dropped the bomb on us earlier about Kalen DeBoer essentially saying he'll make it two or three years and Saban is coming back. We'll react in a minute. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are back and let's head to Texas and say hello to Coach McMurty. Hello, Coach. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, glad I got through. Thank Two you. quick things. Uh, Coach Saban. But the day after he retired, I was listening to one of the radio shows, and this guy kept calling him Nick. That is Coach Saban to us mere mortals. Period. Either that or Mr. Uh, you, I think you've got to earn the right to just call him Nick. You know, Coach, uh, let me stop uh, one second, and I'll let you talk. Uh, I have known uh, Nick Saban for, I don't know, 20-some-odd years. I have never called him Nick publicly or it privately. It wasn't you. I, I, I just it, don't believe it. It wasn't you. No, no, uh, I, no, I, know, no I know that. Uh, I've heard uh, 20-year-olds call him Nick, uh, and it – no, I, 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 I really, I, I'm not just saying this to, to you, um, but from the beginning of my career to now, I, I, I believe that all coaches should be called coach. Well, I spent 38 years, 38 seasons coaching in Texas, retired, came back, got to play for some state championships, won one, lost one, shouldn't have lost two, shouldn't have lost. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, uh, I've been down the road, and that young man that was on this this radio post. No, but it's everyone, uh, though. Co- it, it really they it, all do it, it. Really, it hurt me. It, to be honest with you, being a thirty-eight year coach, and I, I, I completely uh, agree with you. The the other thing about and I, I get to listen between pastors and cows and grandkids, <laughs> and I listen every chance I get. Thank you. Uh, last week, uh, you had a gentleman call in that, uh, he was, he said he was a coach and it was more, he said it was 90, 90 or 95% mental and uh, talent didn't matter that much. Right. We never won a state championship without talent. Uh, you don't win a national championship without talent. I will say this to him. There is such a thing, and I've coached every kind of kid there is. There is such a thing as football IQ. And I've coached some kids, hey, they weren't five beta kappa, eta tata pie, but I'm going to tell you what they could do. They understood the game and they could play. So to him, I'd say you better check on the football IQ of your players and find some that's got some physical talent. And if they're smart, that's a plus. But I've coached some kids that their football IQ was – they were – genius they hey, hey, hey coach your quick question so, what uh, what inspired you to be a coach or what kept you in coaching so long uh my family has uh, always been athletic uh had a brother that played uh, professional baseball my other brother was a good basketball player and i was just kind of a jack of all trades but my dad was good my mother was an excellent athlete and my high school coach okay you know like a lot of kids my high school coach inspired me to inner coaching, uh, and I guess you could say high school coaches. 
uh, and I thought this is something I want to do that and, you know, serve Jesus. And if you can do those two things, raise a good family. Good combination. Uh, yes. Yes. But, uh, enjoy your show. Uh, I wish some of your callers would be a little more courteous to you and other callers. I don't like that stuff. Uh, some of those boys, uh, let's invite them down to Texas. I'd like to have a talk with a few of them. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they don't. They don't want. They don't want it. I mean, I, I, I well, another right question. Now. I'm curious, and obviously, um, I mean, I, I've studied Coach Bryant at Junction, and so have you, I'm sure. But how different was it at the end, in terms of what you could? I don't want to use the word "get away with," but but in terms of pushing young players, I mean, how, how different did it? How what was that odyssey like from the beginning to the it's end? It's as different. It's as different as you want to make it. But let me say this: uh, one thing I learned early in coaching: those kids don't care how much you know; they want to know how much you care. Interesting. And if they know you genuinely care for them, and if you do, uh, you know jump in one of them's shorts and get after him, you better hug his neck before he leaves the practice field. And when you get to the locker room, you better go look him in the eye and make sure everything's okay. Uh, And that's how, that's how I've always done it. Uh, You better, if you want to play hard, you better coach them hard, but you better do it with a little bit of respect and let them know that you care a lot. That is really interesting. Uh, It, I was taught that by, I was lucky enough to coach with uh, early in my career with uh, a couple of guys that were really, really good coaches. Coach Dick Stafford, Coach Bob McQueen, who uh, uh, is uh, those two guys for sure, and and they're still alive. So uh, I, I was fortunate enough to coach for some good guys and with some good guys. They were good people too. I mean, it was they weren't just coaches; they were good people. But you, your kids better know that you care for them. That is really – I'm really glad you said that. I have a, I have a nephew in coaching, and um, I'm, I'm just curious. I was just you – know, that, 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 that part doesn't change. Uh, but, but, I mean, I've had a lot of friends no. who are high school coaches, and in the summertime, I mean, they're out there cutting the grass, lining the field, doing things that you wouldn't think. But it's all, it's all part of it. Oh, uh, hey, one of my favorite times of the – day was when I got to get on that uh, before we got asked got to we didn't have turf when I was coaching I not at my high school not where I ended up being the head coach athletic director until I left but that's one of the favorite times of the day was getting that real mower out and going down there and <laughs> mowing the feet mowing the field for an hour or two and you know you were away from the phone and you were away from everything and you were able I came up with some pretty good plays while I was on the field <laughs> that is fascinating hey, uh, uh, you can, uh, yeah, you can tell some of your boys, come on down to Texas. You want to put me in that tournament, they better get ready. Hey, what, uh, what part of Texas? I'm not going to talk what, anybody. What, what part of Texas are you in? It's a big state. I'm sitting right in the middle of Texas. I'm, I'm at Troy, Texas, which is about, it's between Temple and Waco. Okay. Got on Interstate 35. Wow. No, I I, I, uh, I will do my best to talk anybody out of heading down to Texas to meet you. Okay, I, I, I owe the, I owe uh, the callers that much. Hey, uh, you come to Troy, Texas, and I'm not hard to find. I'm in the old house on top of the hill, and they're welcome anytime. Okay, bring well, a band aid. 
I will. Uh, coach, I'll be there a lot this uh, spring and summer. So uh, we'll see you. So thank you so much, Coach. That's a great. I mean, that I, I love those conversations. These these older coaches. Um, that, I mean, you talk about change, but I, but I thought the most important thing he said was respect and, and making sure that you know the players care because you can just you can do whatever whatever you want on the practice field, but don't let them go home. That's how we are with callers. We we may treat you unfairly, but as, as, on the way home every night, I call John from St. Louis. And I give him a hug, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Back, Keith is up next in Gainesville. Hello, Keith. Hi, Paul. Uh, I was calling today, just looking ahead at how tough the Gators' schedule is, and I was wondering what benchmark you think Coach Billy Napier uh, needs to hit to keep his job going into 25. I think, Keith, it's, it's a couple of different ways of looking at it. I think the first part of the season is critical because, if you know, the Miami game, uh, let's say the Gators lose that and maybe throw away another game or two before the real tough games start. I think uh, the enthusiasm, which is already – waning and the momentum will just simply go out the window so uh, I think I think the first half he's got to survive uh, because you know the second half as everyone knows is is literally a murderer's row I don't think there's a specific number I think I think Lagway the, the new quarterback is is critical maybe his best salvation is if he can get in there and and as the season makes the turn toward November looks like he's going to be the next Tim Tebow that might give the administrators uh, a reason to say, listen, uh, this is going slowly, but the future is bright. Without, without that happening, uh, I think his road to keeping his job is very slim. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback there. Uh, Sparks. Fly. Uh, no, Sparks. Is a, is Sparks Fly is the name of uh, a song. Sparks, good afternoon. Hey, Paul, first-time caller. Thank you. I'm an old blind man from Alabama. I, I was in Draper Prison, Alabama, too, till the uh, legend. Okay. And i am been around 65 years. I've won 13 national championships, so one of five years, I guess I can live with that. You've done okay, Sparks. I ain't too, awful, I ain't too worried about it right now. Well, what, what, uh, uh, Sparks, what, uh, what part of Alabama do you live in? Up there in Moulton. Well, Moulton, okay. So that's up there yeah. in uh, North Alabama, right? Yeah, you remember Joey Harbaugh up in Philomena, Alabama? Oh, yeah. Sure do. Of course I do. Yeah, yeah he had, uh, had my rival. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm blind. And I want to hear how this narration pronounces your name. Okay. Uh, hold on. Well, you know, I, I think uh, when I, when, in Alabama, I called myself Feinbaum, and I still do. Okay, you have listen to this. Recording the Paul Pinnabom show. You hear that? I did, Sparks. The Paul Pinnabom. Pinnabom, yeah. Um, I, I mean, every, 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 every kid had with a with whose name wasn't Brown or Gold. Uh, you know, had to go through this. Uh, but yeah, the amount of ways that my name was pronounced. I and 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 I told this story, but I but. Uh, my family didn't pronounce it Feinbaum. They were from New York. They called it Feinbaum. That's actually the, the, the pronunciation. But after about the second grade, I quit correcting the teacher. 
and I changed my name. Hey. Yeah, uh, yes, Fox, I'm still here. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, man, it's 27 weeks from the bar today. Football's evening. 27 weeks basketball? from the bar? Man, I didn't realize we were that close. Uh, yeah, what, uh, what about basketball and baseball and softball? I need to go get some things done. Time's running out. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, and uh, yeah, you, I, I like how you know your music, too, Paul. What's your fa- uh, what's, what kind of music? Uh, Sparks, what kind of music do you like? Ah, uh, old time rock and roll, man. Country, oh. pop, gospel, whatever. You got good. It. I love yeah. songwriters. You were a songwriter? Yeah, I try. <laughs> you know, uh, Sparks, uh, I hung out. I went up to uh, to uh, Florence one day, many years right before I, t- I, t- I took this job, uh, and hung out with a couple of songwriters, and we we, we yeah, wrote, yeah, we wrote, yeah, and I had a blast. Yeah. I mean, I could I could do that uh, if I, if I leave here tomorrow. You'll probably find me in Nashville, uh, part of a part of a songwriting group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever, did you ever uh, have you have you written an actual song? Oh, yeah, but I can't play an instrument. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I, that's one thing I'm gonna have to learn. That, if, uh, I need to learn how to play the piano. Yeah, yeah, but I seen a guy. He said he uh, played an instrument. He wrote a bunch of hit songs in Nashville. Who was that? Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, okay. But well, Nashville's yeah. got a few. Uh, uh, I, I was at uh, I was at Randy Owens. Uh, Randy Owen had a big uh, shindig one night up in uh, somewhere yeah. in Alabama, and uh, the night before uh, it was a golf outing. It was like a weekend, and on Saturday night he had all the all the country songwriters uh, and, and non-country get up and do their own material, and it was it was eye-opening yeah. uh, to hear. All of a sudden, I'm like going, I know that song. I know. I mean, everybody. Yeah. It, it was amazing. Uh, to, to be at a songwriter's uh, concert. Hey, listen, you, you take care of yourself and and, th- and, th- and appreciate the call. This guy's a songwriter, too. Uh, Johnny B., you've written a few songs, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I enjoyed his call. That's, you can tell he's a pretty cool old guy there. Um, uh, you thought, it's funny you mentioned Randy Owen. I went to see the reti- uh, the retirement tour down at is it Oak Mountain in Birmingham. That's what I, the shirt I have on today. So I'm, I'm rocking. But uh, I really... Wanted to say I had some other stuff, and I may get to it. I may not. You may cut me off. But Coach McMurtry from Texas. That was fun. I loved his call. You know, I'm 60 years old, but I still see my coaches, the ones that's alive or whatever, and they're still Coach so-and-so. Well, and yeah, I mean, I mean, Johnny, like I would say friend. there's no more influential person, uh, you know, as you go through school than your high school football coach or basketball, whatever. I mean, those, that person had tremendous influence. They hauled us to a place close to Vina, Alabama, called Camp McMurray. And I'm talking about you had to pipe sunshine in down there. And it was kind of like the Junction Boys thing. Coach Cox had just come to wrestle, and they hauled us down there. And Wednesday, when the parents got to come, we had half as many people as we started with. But we formed a bond. And, you know, Russell to this day still has a great, you know, tradition of winning and everything. But yeah. I really like to hear him talk about that. And, what you know, I think, you know, you talked about saving – to see those players come off the field and not not make eye contact with the greatest coach of all time trying to talk to you, that that bothers me. I mean, that really – I can see why, as much as he loves it, he'd want to step away. Well, uh, with Johnny, I've told this buzzing. story. Uh, I told – I think I said it was Stephen A. Smith uh, once, but uh, right after Coach retired. But there, there, was a, there was an incident two years ago 
that set him off on the whole Jimbo Fisher situation. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of things that set him off, but there was, there was a top wide receiver that was leaning and heading toward Alabama in the portal. And he asked for this exorbitant amount and Saban you know, basically said, forget it, we're not doing that. Because once you pay that kind of money, this was three years ago or two years ago or whatever it was, two years ago. Once you pay that kind of money, you're, You've lost. You're not going to be able to control. Yeah, you're, you're kind any of aspect of that man on because everybody else is going to say, "Well, I got to have more." And more by the way, uh, it probably cost Alabama national championship not having that guy. Let me let me cover two other things real quick. You were talking about the barber shop and the beauty yeah. shop. My grandmother told me a long time ago, if you ever go in one of those places and somebody says, "Hey, have you ever heard of old Joan so and so?" You you just say no, I've never heard of. It. Even if that's your next door neighbor and you know him the best to anybody in the world, you always lie because you're about to find out all the gossip yeah. about that person. That <laughs> that's what goes on, you know. It's kind of entertaining when you when you find out that like, but Grandma clued me in right off the get go. Always play like you don't know anybody, and you'll find out every everything. And then through the grapevine. My last part. Hey, my last part here is Skipper. You know, called in earlier. Yes. You remember the guy? All right, Skipper called in and he gave me a great idea. Instead of Gilligan's Island. We're going to have Fine Bombs Island. And I've got some great, you know, for the skipper, we got Squirrel. For Gilligan, AJ. For the professor, we got John from Louisville. For Ginger, we got Sexy Cheerleader. For Marianne, we got Sweet Susie. For Mr. Howe, we got John from Missouri. And, and for Lovey, we're going to bring Miss Pat back for, for one more thing so we can fill out the island. Yeah, hey, thank Pat, Miss Pat, one more, one, one last concert tour. We were, we're heading to the break here on a Friday afternoon, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And what an afternoon it has been, and let's uh, check in with Larry next. Uh, hello, Larry. Oh, man, I had a disaster. I had a 900-gallon water leak somewhere. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of water. 900. Yeah, man. I try to pay all my bills debit, you know, automatic debit comes out of my account. Right. So I happen to stroll through my account and see what I've been paying, making sure nobody's diving in it, you know, these crooks. And so I look, my water bill was $60. And I called and she said, you had a 90-gallon water leak. Mm. 90-gallon? I said, I don't take a bath. I can't be 90 gallons. Uh, yeah, I don't so I'm, I've been under my house trying to find it. Man, I ain't never seen so many cobwebs. Damn. But anyways, I'm, I'm waiting to hear from Joe, man. I'm ready to go, man. I got everything. I'm fixing up. I got my just for man. Oh, out. yeah. That, okay, so uh, who, who was it the other night that, had, that was going to hook you up with somebody? Oh, oh handsome Joe. Yeah, handsome Joe. Ran handsome into his ex-girlfriend. Joe, I'm waiting. And uh, okay. y'all don't put me out there on the string now and just cut it. Now, Larry, uh, you, you heard there. your, your uh, compatriot, you know, Todd from Shelby, offered to drive you up to wherever in the world this person lives to uh, go to dinner. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take her to Courtyard 280, man. That's nice. Well, she lives in, uh, Larry, Larry, there you go again. Larry, there you go again. Uh, she lives in North Alabama. She might want to eat on her turf, okay? Okay. Well, I didn't know I've been, I've been to, I've been to, I've been to Courtyard 280, and that's about two hours from where this 
woman lives. Well, well we, we can't do that. I mean, uh, Larry, or would you, uh, could man. you survive a two-hour car ride? Say what? Could you survive a two-hour uh, car ride with the oxygen? I'm 75, and, brother. What's that? And I can't do you. I hustle your ass. You what? I can do the boogaloo, the shootaloo, you name it. I can dance, brother. I can do anything. Did, did, uh, did we suddenly dance. slip into a, an edition of Dancing with the Stars, or are we having a conversation about a young, uh, not a young lady, but a, yeah, a, a lady true. that you may or may not ever yeah, meet? I'll show you. We're, we're going to do a little video and, okay. and put it on the show. I'm not concerned whether you can out. dance or not, Larry. I'm concerned whether you could survive the evening with this woman, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, hope, I, hope, it, I hope it's like that. <laughs> I mean, you still got you still got it, Larry. Is that, that's what I'm trying to ask in a nice way. Yeah, you should. Right? I, I, I put it to the test, brother. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to ask this in any other way than to ask it. <laughs> I hope she puts me to the test. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, now we're talking, Paul. I'm mom, now you're talking. Well, Larry, hey. I realize that at your age, maybe you, you, but I don't want you to rush things. I mean, women like to be courted. Be what? Corded. Corded, Larry, Larry, that, you know, like. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Larry, when you walk in, you just don't want to go, what? what? Yeah, yeah. What, did Randy cut you off? No, Randy's (laughs) trying to, I mean, Randy's been down this road before. (laughs) He's trying to, remember, Paul, this is a family show. Thanks for reminding me, Larry. Yeah, that's right. Hey, look here, man. I'm going to get off the hook in a minute. Let me tell you something. Uh, I've seen your little uh, uh, caller, the best caller of the right. year, whatever. whatever. It's going to be it's going to be rigged. It's not going to be rigged. This is not WWE. This is the Fine Bomb show here. I know, man, but that little caller ID, uh, little caller. Uh, Larry, uh, year, how, how, where were you ranked? Where were you seated last year? Uh, yeah, I got I got uh, vote stack. I got vote stack by okay. you. Well, Larry, you okay. you yeah, uh, got, you don't I worry, Larry. I, by, by the way, I'm I'm always uh, I'm nervous when I hang up on you because you got offended the last time I hung up too soon. Yeah, as long as you just just say hey, I gotta go, Larry. Okay. Okay, well, Larry. Time, buddy. We got call. Well, we do have. Uh, you, we'll talk to you soon, Larry. Okay. All right. Roll tide, buddy. Roll tide. Roll tide. Roll tide, Larry. Roll tide. Obviously, Larry missed the Griff segment where his favorite team was uh, written off. Vance is in Georgia. Hey, Vance. (laughs) Oh, man, I found more humor in the last two weeks than ever. Uh, Paul, I I do have a trivia question for you, but I want to say something. Uh, I turned 68 today. No big deal. Everyone has birthdays. Insects have birthdays. Right. But... Am I going crazy, or did I not hear Griff bring up a potential scandal between an Arizona quarterback and Coach DeBoer, and then instantly address you? As you know about this, Paul. And well, said, uh, no, that, that's the very first like I've heard about it. And uh, first of all, there, there's no did such he? there's no such thing as a scandal anymore in college football. But but did he not just then in the next sentence debunk his entire accusation? Yes, I thought he did. So this is when you know you're getting to turn into a lunatic when you're yelling at the TV going, 
why the hell did you bring it up? Yeah. If well, it's not true. That's every uh, encounter with Mike Griffith. Well, I remember him at the University of Tennessee doing the same job. Oh, yeah. But there's one big difference at the time he was at Tennessee and where he is now. That they're two different football programs. So Yeah, one was, so one was trying to get program. relevant, and the other one is the best program in America. Well, exactly. So I understand him. I, I don't, I'm not trying to beat him up, but that didn't make a damn better sense to me. So anyway, I want to ask you a question. When I was a little boy, one of the most iconic pictures, maybe to this day, of being busted up and beat that I've ever seen is the cover of, I believe, Life magazine with Y.A. Tittle oh, on yeah. his knee. Famous LSU quarterback, New York Giants. Exactly. I wanted to know. and I You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.